Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and normally the Big Apple in New York City with my co-host Adrian Gruberg, but she won't be able to make it today, unfortunately. We'll miss her. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. Also coming to you live and on demand on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 Global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and about 20 more. In fact, we are proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60, and number two on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. The subject of it is called How Dr. Laika's Brush With Death can help an overwhelmed caregiver. So Dr. Alan Laika suffered a near-death experience and sought renewal through the wisdom of human virtues that refocused him on a life of richness, appreciation, joy, and service. He's now a full-time, life-changing speaker, acclaimed author, and transformational leader. But before we get started, I do want to thank my last week's guest, Dr. Ankur Patel, a geriatrician. That's a doctor who specializes in senior care, if you didn't know. <laughs> Chief medical officer, pharmacist, best-selling author, age is just a number, a gerontologist's secret for getting the most out of life. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. All right, enough of that. Dr. Laika, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We are so happy to have you on. Dave, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you again. The pleasure is ours. I, you know, I always like to ask my guests just who is Dr. Alan Laika and why was he placed on this earth? You know, I've often asked that question. And <laughs> sometimes I don't get an answer, but I think I was put on this answer on this earth to help people along. You know, my life has taken many courses and changed in many ways, but my current journey is to help people in their current situation and help them to live a fantastic life. Cool. How long have you been practicing medicine? You know, I started practicing medicine in 1989. I graduated from the University of Alberta. I ended up as a dermatologist, having studied at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then I came back to Edmondson till I practiced until 2019, when I walked away to help people in other ways. So what kind of a doctor are you? What's your I specialty? Was, I was a dermatologist. Really? Yes. Oh, anytime I see a dermatologist, I want to show him this mark on my face and say, you know, should I worry about this? But I read somewhere and, that and, you, know, uh, you Dave, only have I to worry about 
the weird shaped ones, not the round ones. Is that right? What I tell Dave is when people do that to me, I say, we can examine you, but you have to take off all your clothes right now in public. So (laughs) if you're willing to do that, I'll I'll do, I'll tell you what it is. But if you're not, then I'm not going to do that to you. (laughs) So why did you want to become a dermatologist of all things? You know, when I was going through, I decided there was a lot of things I didn't like. I didn't like emergency medicine. I didn't like intensive care medicine. And I certainly didn't like getting up in the middle of the night delivering babies. So I knew the things I didn't like. And then I ended up in a couple of dermatologists' office. And they'd walk into a room and they'd know exactly what it is right away. And I said, I want to have that skill set, that knowledge set. So there I then developed a plan to get into dermatology, and I became a dermatologist. Now, how many years does it take to become a dermatologist versus a surgeon or any other field? Well, you go through uh, regular medical school. Then you get some training before you go into dermatology. For me, I did a rotating internship, meaning I went through all the specialties. Then I spent three years in internal medicine, and then I went into dermatology, which was a three-year fellowship. Wow. That's why you started. Uh, by the time you're all ready to go, you're like in your 30s, huh? Yeah, I was, I was already a gerontologist by that. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> there you go. So, okay, you're doing dermatology. How long did you do that for? 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. So what do you do now? You know, right now, uh, because of life changes and so on, I became a best-selling author in 2020, uh, which became a a podcast, which became a syndicated radio show, which has 3 million listeners a month. Wow. And what do you talk about on this syndicated radio show? Well, the topic of my book was called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, and my show became How to Live a Fantastic Life. And we have guests from all walks of life that tell us their secrets and how they got there. Oh, my. So if you, if you had to tell me how can I live a fantastic life in uh, 100 words or less, what would you say? It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. How Simple formula. And you got to take 100% responsibility for your life at all times. That's something that the world is not preaching these days. Everything is somebody else's fault. You're a victim. That's yeah. the problem with today. That's my opinion anyway. Well, I think it is a large problem. And I think yeah. if you realize, if you if you can take, if you grasp control of your life, you're going to get there. And getting there is largely because you take control over it. I learned that back in 2003. Yeah. And that's just wisdom. You know, I wrote my new book, uh, Secrets from the Hammock uncommon wisdom for uncommon times and it talks about just going back to the basics things that you know we were taught as kids and and everybody knew and everybody accept and the media was in agreement and uh you know the education system was in agreement everyone was in agreement how to raise your kids you know just teach them how to the difference between right and wrong and now nobody can agree on anything what what happened doctor oh i think we took some difficult steps along the way you know, it's it's interesting. This year could be the best year in our lifetime, or it could be the worst year in our lifetime. It depends on how we make it. Yeah. 
Well, everything that uh, people seem to be peddling these days, um, I, I just don't know the motive because it certainly doesn't produce happiness because I don't see a lot of happy people out there. Do you? No, but I think there's a, clue, a, a cure for that. And the first one is to turn off the TV and radio stations that keeps telling you the world is <laughs> ending tomorrow. I, you know, for two years, we got the pandemic update where everything was ending <laughs> tomorrow. I mean, you got it on your news stations. I got it on my news stations. And then we got the post-pandemic news where there's a war in the Ukraine and there's inflation going through the roof. And, uh, you know, okay, the price of gas went up for a while. Yeah, you know, I don't live because of the price of gas, you know. I put gas in my tank, get enough. You know, the answer is it's not going to end because of the price of gas. The price of inflation is up a bit. But we've had inflation rates of 22% back in the 80s. You know, that's we're not right. there. That's yet. when they that's when they calculated it the correct way. So so the answer is we've gone through a lot. We've we've amazingly gotten through it all. We've gotten through two world wars, we've gotten through a Vietnam War, we've gotten through a Korean conflict, we've gotten through all these other things, and we're still on this planet and doing pretty well. Well, I don't know. If you listen to the radio, they'll tell you that global warming is going to destroy the Earth in like 30 years. That's something new to worry about, isn't it? <laughs> I think there's always something to worry about and always something that can happen. And, you know, the scientists probably can find a way around global warming tomorrow. In fact, one of my patients a number of years ago said, you know, they could put little shields into the atmosphere that'll reflect the sunlight that's coming through and it'll get it back to a normal area within a very short period of time. Some people say they're already doing that with these, um, what do they call those uh, planes that are um, making the chemtrails? That's what it is. A uh, little aluminum that's supposed to be reflecting back. But, you know, you just don't know what to believe anymore. But yeah. but your, your philosophy is it just... Stop listening to the bad news. Well, I think you got to make it positive yourself. And you can do that, Dave. And, and I think you do that as well. I, I think on a given day, you can make a positive day. You know, why don't you start the day sometime thinking about what you can do good for other people? How about thinking how you can serve other people today? How about what you can do for your neighbor that you haven't seen for two decades, you know, maybe you can make a dozen cookies and knock on their door and say, I just wanted to make you happy. What about you being in the coffee line, buying the coffee for the next person in line for you? What about, you know, doing something that has a positive impact on the world? What about volunteer for the food bank and, and helping people there? Yeah, there's so many things we could do, Dave, that will make you feel better and help other people in this world. Well, you're just so gosh darn positive. What kind of response are you getting from this positive book? The answer is it's a world international best-selling book, and it keeps on growing every day. And I'm going to challenge your listeners to do something positive today. I'm going to challenge them to do something for somebody else today that they wouldn't regularly do. Pay it forward, huh? Yes. Awesome. Well, that's a great challenge. Um, now, you talk about um, 13 golden pearls. Explain that. What, what's that all about? 
Well, you know, it started a little bit with with my life. You know, back to in two thousand and three, I was told I had ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh wow! I was given six months to live. Back in two thousand three, yeah, I think they were wrong. <laughs> you know, and my journey was long and tortuous as a result. But when you're told you have six months to live, Dave, what happens to you? Well, I just every day act like this is the last day of my life because I find that that gives you a great attitude and you appreciate life more. So I assume you started uh, appreciating uh, every day and savoring it. Absolutely. The answer is you think differently when you've been given life to uh, six months to live. (laughs) Every day you're given on this planet is so much better than the alternative. You know, you you can't do anything with yesterday, Dave. So you're you living on borrowed time, huh? You don't know if you're going to live tomorrow. That's but you true. better live today, and you better live it to the fullest. And you had better decide how you're going to live it. Because if if you just live with your, oh, how are you doing? Ah, not so good today. I got my aches. I got my pains. Oh, my gosh. Not going to happen. Yeah, you know, back in September 1st, 1996, When my wife went to bed, she had no idea that those would be the last words she would ever speak because she suffered a stroke the next day, lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And it took her a couple of years to process that and reinvent herself and uh, accept the new normal and come to the grief of acceptance before she started living again. And she decided she's going to do everything she did with one arm and one leg and duct tape over her mouth. And she basically wakes up with a smile on her face and joy in her heart. And people look at her and they're just totally inspired. He said, look at this woman, how she, she just savors life. And what the heck am I complaining about? You know, and I go out trying to help caregivers stay alive since 30% of them die before their loved ones do. And so we both have a mission in life and we're both happy and we've never been happier, even though she's not the same woman I married. See, Dave, we are talking the same language, despite, you know, us coming from a different background, a different way, but we are talking the same language. You know, caregivers have to realize that they have to give care, so they got to take care of themselves as well. They have to realize it. And in the process, if they do take care of themselves, they'll help their loved one even more, and they will undoubtedly live a better life and almost everybody during COVID has had to take care of someone they had to take care of a loved one that was in the situation so there are millions of people out there in that situation yeah well like you say crisis brings out either the best or the worst in people you know you can either become bitter or better from your situation it all depends on attitude it's 90 percent uh what happens to you i'm sorry 10% 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to what happens to you, in my opinion. Yeah. And this brings out my golden pearls. Do you know what forms a pearl, Dave? Yeah, from a grain of sand. Yes. And it gets inside of the shell of an oyster, which irritates and traumatizes <laughs> that oyster. Pain and in that, the butt. And that oyster walls it off with this gorgeous material called bluster. Now, golden pearls actually exist in the South Pacific. They're made by a particular type of oyster. And they're so rare that a single solitary oyster, a single solitary pearl costs upwards of $10,000. Wow. 
Wow. Now, the pearls I've found inside of people are even more valuable than that. They are things that everybody has inside of themselves. There's 13 of them. One is love, and we go all the way to number 13, which is empowerment. And each one of those is so powerful, they can change your life. Why don't you uh, share some of the others as well? Sure. I'll bring up my book here. Number one, love. Number two, inspiration. Number three, victory. Number four, vulnerability. Number five, intention or purpose. Number six, non-negotiables. And everybody needs some of those in their life. Number seven, forgiveness. And everybody has somebody to forgive, even if it's just themselves. Number eight is attitude. You can have a bad attitude or a good attitude. The only thing more contagious than a bad attitude is a good attitude. (laughs) Nine is thankfulness. You can be unthankful or thankful. I think thankfulness is better. Number 10, tenacity. Number 11, laughter. Number 12, enthusiasm. Number 13, empowerment. Wow. That's, those are pearls of wisdom. So let's go back to your diagnosis. I mean, was it a bad diagnosis or were they right and you got healed? I mean, what, what, tell me about that. You know, if you get 10 doctors in a room, you'll get 20 diagnoses, unfortunately. <clears throat> and unfortunately, many of it, you know, The diagnosis of ALS is what's known as a diagnosis of exclusion. So what they do is they try to exclude everything. And what they did back in 2003 was every test known to man. I I I mean, they did CAT scans. They did brain scans. They even did scan scans. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, they found absolutely nothing. So they did more tests and more tests and more tests. And at the end of the day, all the tests were negative. So they sent me to a world-leading neurologist, the brain guy. The guy has all the answers. This is after you were diagnosed, right? Well, the brain guy told me I had ALS. Were you having trouble gripping things? Well, I had a dropped right foot. And that's how it all started. And my dropped right foot basically started when I was at Disneyland the happiest place on earth when I was walking there with my wife and my daughter. And, you know, we didn't know what was wrong. We got examined. We got tested. Nothing there. Then other things started happening. My right hand started not working right. It started not being able to grasp things, not being able to do things. But despite that, I was able to stay as a top cosmetic doctor for over 30 years. Well, as a doctor, don't you have to grasp instruments and operate or you didn't do that i became a left-handed surgeon oh so did they figure out what was wrong with your right hand the answer is they think it's chronic lyme's disease they think it was the light of it they think it was a a bite of a tick that caused a chronic neurological illness that mimics uh als that is not fatal the answer is in many people it is unless you treat it so i assume you're getting treated the answer is i'm able to control it with the medications I'm on. Okay. So you probably learned a lot from thinking you were going to die 
and realizing you weren't. What what happened when you finally came to the revelation that, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to die? The, the answer is you start thinking differently. You start wondering how you're <clears throat> going to make a difference. You know, I asked myself, did I live? Did I love? Did I really matter? And I started to give things back to society. And one of the things I did was I started to sponsor a, an award for women of distinction for the YWCA. You see, women are not appreciated still as much as they should in our society. So I decided that I was going to help with that. And because I was sponsoring this award, a wonderful lady by the name of Harriet Tinka applied for the award. She had a story very similar to mine, but very different. She was a world-leading model that was walking the runways of New York and Milan and Paris, but she grew tired of that dog-eat-dog -dog industry, so she decided to go into accounting, and she took accounting at the University of Calgary in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and there she was befriended by a person who turned it out to be a psychopath who kidnapped her, stabbed oh. her, and left her for dead. <clears throat> wow. She ended up in a hospital on rehab. She was beside herself. And a little girl by the name of Amber wheeled up in a wheelchair and asked her her story. Harriet told it to her, and Amber gave her health, saying, Harriet, you're ruining your life. How dare you, she said. I've been in a car accident. I've lost both of my parents and the use of my legs, yet I'm going to do something with my life. Why don't you? So Harriet decided to apply for an award at the Woman of Distinction. And she did that not to win the award, but to meet me. And she encouraged me to write the book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And there's her name on there as well as the co-author. It took us oh. years to write this book as a result. And it came out in 2020. So there's a short story of how something like this changes lives and changes it for the better. You know, we both weren't damaged by the things that we went through, but like fire hardened steel, these things hardened us and made us better for what we went through. My audiences are burned out caregivers. And so they, um, they go through burnout, the grief process. Tell us briefly about your grief process. You know, I went through all the phases of grief there, Dave. I went through anger. I was angry at the world. I could bite the head off nails. I was angry at my wife. I was angry at my patients. I was angry at my staff. I was angry at my children. You know, I went through bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if you don't let this happen. I went through denial. You know, denial. There's nothing wrong. I can handle it. I can do anything. But, you know, I couldn't. And then I went through depression, Dave. Have you ever been depressed? Not clinically, no. Okay, it's the worst. I call it the black days. That's when you can't sleep, you can't eat. The world is is awful. You can stay in bed all day staring at the ceiling and not get anywhere. Why? Because you're going to die anyhow. The only phase I didn't go through at the end was acceptance. I didn't accept that I had the diagnosis. Now, caregivers have to accept it because they're going through a difficult phase. But they also have to reach out for help from others because others can help them along that pathway as well. Were you ever suicidal? 
The answer, absolutely. I wasn't going to die from ALS. It's an awful disease. You end up gasping for air and, and you can't even breathe. So I wasn't going to go there. But that's when I asked my wife what I had. And she said, you know, you're smart. You can figure it out. And I said, how can I figure it out? She said, well, you probably haven't seen the right doctor yet. So something new in the early 20s was invented. In the early 10s, when I was having this, the answer was, there was the internet. You ever hear of the internet? Yes, yes. <laughs> I laugh about that because it isn't that old. It's only 20 years old. Yet it's it's everywhere now. It's right there. You know, and because of the internet, I found a doctor in Colorado Springs that went through what I did, was diagnosed with the same diagnosis, was put on treatment, and on his deathbed arose from the dead. So I went to see him and he started me on treatment, which kept me going to this day. Wow. Well, I can't believe how quick the time goes when you're having fun. Um what's what's the number one reason people should read your book what what do you hope to that people will get from it and then how can they get a hold of you uh so they can pick up the book the answer is uh i'll answer the book first they should read my book because it'll give them a lift up if they follow just one of my golden pearls it'll change their life it'll literally change their life around to the point that they'll be able to do the things they want to do uh Secondly, if you want to get in touch with me, my website is Dr. D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A.com. Uh, if you want to write me, just even to say hi, that you liked what I had to say, or you want some advice, write my girl, Tammy, T-A-M-I, at Lyka, L-Y-C-K-A dot C-A, Tammy at Lyka dot C-A. We answer all our letters. Really? I'd love to talk to you. How do you find the time to answer all your letters? The answer is you have a system and you make things happen. <laughs> and you have a girl. <laughs> I have a girl that helps me out with all the things I do. And as I say, it's a wonderful life. It is a wonderful life, to quote a movie. Um, well, thank you so much, Doctor, for coming on the show. Um, and you already mentioned how the listeners can reach you. That's very gracious of you to offer that you'll talk to them, you'll answer their questions. So everybody who's listening, uh, remember that all our shows become recorded podcasts and videocasts on all your favorite platforms. And you can purchase my newly number one release book, Secrets from the Habit, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times. Great book that's changing lives all over the world. The only way to eliminate negative effects of unwise choices is to start making wise choices. And it's available wherever books are sold and my website, caregiverdave.com a free membership support community with lots of tools and resources and free gifts. And make sure you check out my Facebook page with the same name, Caregiver Dave, a community of 34,000 caregivers. And if you click the like or follow button on whatever you're listening to on this platform, uh, it helps us to reach even more people with Google's search engine algorithms. Not quite sure how that works, but it, it works. <laughs> so thank you again, all my listeners out there all over the world for tuning in every Wednesday, making us the number one caregiver podcast on the internet. So until next week, same time, same channel, may God richly bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for having me, Dave. And I hope I can help others along the way. I'm sure you will. 
I'm Dave Nassanian. My fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, is a number one bestseller on Amazon. As a young boy, I was told I possessed an unusual amount of wisdom for my age. As a young man, I found myself counseling friends and older family members whenever they needed answers to their problems. Then at 21, I read the Bible for the very first time and learned how King Solomon asked God for wisdom instead of riches, yet he received both. I was so impressed that I too asked God for wisdom. Soon after, I discovered when lying on my hammock, I would receive wisdom from God. This book is the result of my passion to share with the world wisdom's tremendous benefits. Join me as I reveal practical aspects of wisdom for the mind, body, and spirit. 31 lessons I learned from God that can change your life. Available in hardcover, audible, Kindle, and paperback. Wherever books are sold. I've spoken all over the country and London and am available to speak at your event. Contact me at hammockwisdom.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Keep breathing, take it in and let it out. Keep breathing, it's gonna be Don't